Welcome to Beside the Burn for Thursday the 27th of October. We're continuing our series this week in chapters 17 and 18 of the book of Revelation and we're working towards Sunday whenever we're meeting around the Lord's table and we're going to compare that meal around the Lord's table with the meal that we are going to receive whenever uh, the Lord returns and we have the marriage supper of the Lamb. What has been happening uh, so far in chapters 17 and 18, I suppose is being repeated a little bit day after day. And the idea of that repetition is to really impress upon us what is happening in the world today and how that relates to our relationship with God. Babylon is the nation that is given here as being of the world. It's described as a prostitute because it is trying to seduce us away from Christ. And what we're going to find today in verses 9 to 20 is that Babylon is being destroyed as Jesus returns and brings his righteous rule to this world. Babylon, the evil one, is being destroyed. And all those who have given their lives for Babylon suddenly see the destruction and they begin to lose everything that they have built their lives upon. Everything that they have enjoyed in their lives that has come from selling themselves to Babylon suddenly is falling apart. And we're going to see the rulers of this world. We're going to see the merchants, the sailors, anyone who has turned their back on God to make money and to gain possessions and to have the finest things of this world suddenly see all of that in in flames and, and burning before them. And they see that the destruction that is coming to Babylon is about to come to them as well. And this is just telling us what is happening when Jesus returns. He's coming back to take his bride. He is the bridegroom who is coming to take his bride, the church, to himself in this marriage supper of the Lamb. And the bridegroom is coming and he is going to destroy all rivals. And that's what we're reading here. So let's read together. Verse 9 of chapter 18. When the kings of the earth who committed adultery with her and shared her luxury see the smoke of her burning, they will weep and mourn over her. Terrified at her torment, they will stand far off and cry, Woe, woe to you, great city, you mighty city of Babylon. In one hour your doom has come. So here are the kings and they cannot believe what they see, the destruction of Babylon. And they are weeping and they are, they're weeping and they're terrified at what is taking place. Verse 11, the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. Cargoes of gold, silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk and scarlet cloth, every sort of citron, wood and articles of every kind made of ivory, costly wood, bronze, iron and marble. Suddenly these merchants 
see that the things that they have invested in, which are the things that this world would tell us are precious and important, are no longer important to anyone. Because of the destruction of Babylon, no one is buying the cargo that they have produced anymore. Suddenly, everything that they have put their lives into has become worthless because Jesus has returned and suddenly everyone realises that the things of this world are meaningless compared to the Saviour, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords coming back again. Verse 13, cargoes, uh, there's more of them listed here, cargoes of cinnamon and spice, of incense, myrrh and frankincense, of wine and olive oil, of fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and carriages, and human beings sold as slaves. Verse 14, they will say, the fruit you longed for is gone from you. All your luxury and splendor have vanished, never to be recovered. The merchants who sold these things and gained their wealth from her will stand far off, terrified at her torment. They will weep and mourn. And there's nothing else that these merchants can do because everything that they have, their wealth is is worthless now and they're terrified and they're weeping and mourning but they don't seem able to turn to Christ. It's too late. Jesus has returned and so there's no opportunity for them to repent of their ways. They should have done this long before and, and all they can do is acknowledge the worthlessness of their efforts and the worthlessness of this world And watch as Jesus returns and Babylon is destroyed before their eyes. They cry out, woe, woe to you, great city, dressed in fine linen, purple and scarlet and glittering with gold from precious stones and pearls. They look at this world and they can still see the things that tantalised them and drew them in and seduced them. And they can't bring themselves to say that these things are worthless. And verse 17, in one hour such great wealth has been brought to ruin. We've seen in the last few uh, weeks how quickly the economy can turn just on a few decisions that have been made. And interest rates go up and, and things become worthless. Every sea captain and all who travel by ship, the sailors and all who earn their living from the sea will stand far off. They cannot understand how things have turned around so badly and yet they will not turn to God. And is that not what we're seeing in the world today where things are turning so quickly and yet people will not acknowledge who Jesus is and that he is the one who's in control. When they see the smoke of her burning, they will exclaim, Was there ever a city like this great city? They will throw dust on their heads and with weeping and mourning cry out, Woe, woe to you, great city, where all who had ships on the sea became rich through her wealth. In one hour she has been brought to ruin. It has happened so immediately because Jesus has returned and they are weeping and they are crying out and there is only one group of people who can see truly what's happening, who can see the reason why it is happening and who are able to rejoice. And it's a group of people 
who have not given themselves to Babylon, who have not put their lives in the things of this world and amassing wealth and precious stones and gold and the things that glitter. And the group of people who are able to rejoice in all of this are those who have trusted in Jesus. Verse 20. Rejoice over her, you heavens. Rejoice, you people of God. Rejoice, apostles and prophets. For God has judged her with the judgment she imposed on you. There are those who would say, how can the Christians rejoice when the world is in turmoil, when people's livelihoods are being taken away, when people's lives that they have built up have been pulled out from under them? But these people are not rejoicing because people are in anguish and and are in turmoil. They are rejoicing Because God has come with his judgment. They're rejoicing because finally their lives have been vindicated. And the way that they have been living and the way that they have been treating the things of this world has been made clear that that was always the right way to live. Even though they've been ridiculed for it. Even though they have been judged by the world. And now it has been turned round. They are rejoicing that God is reigning on high and that his will is being done. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, help us today to see this world for what it is and to see that the things of this world are not what is important. Help us, Lord, to look to you and to long for your return so that you might take your rightful place, ruling over all this world, that Babylon would be destroyed, that we would be prepared as a bride to meet you, our bridegroom, and that the seduction of Babylon would be taken away so that we might focus on you and trust in you. Lord, help us in this world, in these days where many are worried about their livelihoods, And about what has taken place, help us, Lord, to put our trust completely in you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.